What's going on, Vancouver? Welcome to the Vancouver Fitness Podcast. In today's episode, episode 17, we're talking about weak-minded excuses, and this is going to be heated and passionate. By the way, if you don't know me, my name is Yoshko, and I am the host of this podcast and one of the co-owners at Kraken Fitness here in Burnaby. And this is my co-host, Brandon. Who's a strength and conditioning coach, jujitsu black belt, and the co-owner of Kraken Fitness. And together, we have helped thousands of people across the lower mainland achieve their body composition and performance goals. So welcome to the podcast. Roll the intro. Being in the fitness industry for the last 12 years, we've heard so many excuses. And not only have we heard a lot of excuses, we've actually used a lot of these excuses as well. And in today's episode, we're going to talk about kind of like three of the excuses that you probably haven't heard people talk about. And then we're just going to run through a bunch of excuses that we just hear all the time that just like don't need to be like talked about anymore. (laughs) We'll just knock them down one by one. (laughs) That doesn't work. That doesn't work. That doesn't work. So the first excuse that we're going to be talking about is going to be, I keep falling off track. So what's the point? And what my response to that is, is that everyone falls off track all the time. But successful people keep getting back up. That's the only difference. So I've had clients like literally drop off the program and say like, you know what? I'm just so tired of like just like having to restart and stuff. Like I'm just going to like give up. Like that is that's essentially what they're saying. They're just saying like, I just don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, pretty much. But this is plagued all the time because social media, you only see the very perfect take. You don't see people failing and trying and failing and trying again. But the failures are the ones that you actually learn from. And if you can be a little bit more retrospective and look back on your failures and jump on, you're actually even a better spot than you were when you failed. Actually, so I'm reading this book right now. It's called Psycho-Cybernetics. And they talk about how in what you should be doing is actually just moving on quickly from the failure, not even looking back at it. Mm. Because if you think about like when you're learning, so let's say some kind of like new motor motor uh, pattern or something like that, like in a sport, right? You make a mistake, let's say in hockey and like you do a slap shot and then you like, I don't know, you mess up or whatever. Um, your brain, the way it functions is like it will completely like it wants to forget that failure. And then it wants to new learn the new pattern of like the correct thing right away and memorize that right away. And so that's how your brain's supposed to function. And if you look at your failures in life, like let's say you're trying to diet down and stuff and you've been trying to lose weight for a long time and you keep kind of like falling off the plan, you want to kind of just like forget that and move on. Just like, okay, why did I, why did that happen? All right, cool. Bye. Never going to think about that again. And that's that's the kind of the way that I look at like my past failures and stuff. Like I don't want to like uh, dwell on it ever. That's true. Yeah. Dwelling kind of will give you that um, hindrance. It'll give you a little bit of hesitation, but it all just comes down to reps. Mm-hmm. Like in any industry, if you do more reps, then you're going to be more successful. So the more times you try, the more times you try to be great, the more times you go try to be, you'll fail. But the more reps you do, the more you learn. So if you fall off track, um, and you're kind of like in that kind of weird lull, like trying to like get back on track. Just know that like the best way for you to just kind of come out of it is to just keep trying to come out of it. If you're like, let's say like trying to quit smoking or something like that, right? Like chances are you're going to smoke again. But 
if the person who's going to eventually quit is the person who's going to just like, fuck, I need like next Monday, I'm going to throw this away. Next Monday, I'm going to, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. And you just keep throwing away your pack or whatever. And then eventually you're going to quit. But the person who will never quit is going to be the one that like tries quitting and they're like, ah, I can't quit. Yeah. Or the person who says like on Monday, I'm going to quit cold turkey. Yeah. Yeah. And then like when they actually fail and then by Wednesday, they're smoking again. They're so disappointed that they failed that they're like, ah, oh, what's the point of even yeah. trying this anymore? Let's pop the you popped one tire. Let's pop the the other three. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's another thing with diet too is like the best way to get back on track. You've talked about this before, I think, in some of your videos. But basically, like if you, if you don't track for one meal, for example, if you don't track your macros for one meal, who cares? But track the next meal, like it, and you can have like a estimation on the other meal, or you don't even track it at all. But at least like you're getting back on track. You know, like quickly, as yeah. opposed to somebody who's like, oh, you know what? It's Friday. I fucked up on Friday. I'm going to fuck up Saturday, Sunday, and then I'll get back on track on Monday. Like, it just doesn't really make sense. You don't have to do that. Yeah. Or as long as you can maintain some kind of habit, like we were saying, is probably the best way to do it. So even if you're not doing it to the fullest extent that you were before, if you're maintaining some baseline level of habit, always easier to jump back on. But I like kind of like what you always say to our clients. Well, they'll like screw up and they're like, it's not working. What do I do? And you're like, well, I might as well just quit. Yeah, you, you might as well it, just give up. You say it to them sarcastically and they look at you and they're like, wait a minute. And they're like, <laughs> oh, he's just fucking with me. And yeah. then they just jump back on. Yeah, yeah. So that was, I keep failing. So what's the point? That's like the number one excuse. I keep falling off track. What's the point? The second one is, I'm, uh, I'm not ready to start yet. And... um like we've heard so many people like they sign up for the program and then like a week before and then like something in their life happens and then boom, like it's like, oh, I can't start because like my daughter's like uh, had a bad report card. And you're like, what? Like what kind of excuse is this? Like, oh, I can't start because um, like uh, there's too many birthdays this month. Like you're like, what the hell? Like if you if you're not willing to start on a on a month that has a lot of birthdays, then how the hell are you like going to ever be able to maintain your diet ever in the future? Because every single month there's shit going on. Like, oh, I can't start in February because it's Valentine's Day. I can't start in December because it's a uh, because it's Christmas and holidays. I can't start in January. I can't start like you can just keep just going on. on I can't on. start in uh, summer because there's like drinking and alcohol like. Oh my God, like you'll never be able to do it. Yeah, it's just endless. And people will use that as a justification to just like not start at all. But I see this even more commonly in jujitsu where people won't start because they feel like they're not adequate or not good at the thing that they're starting yet. Like for instance, they'll say, hey, uh, I'm going to do jujitsu in March because by then I'll be in the gym for a few months and then I'm going to be in shape and then I'm going to be able to do jujitsu. And you're like, Dude, you get in shape by doing jujitsu. Okay, so uh, this is really funny that you're bringing this up because, okay, I'm just looking back at the reason why I didn't start jujitsu earlier because I had Phil, one of our instructors, he was kind of pushing me to do jujitsu for a long time. And it wasn't until like maybe like a year or more later where I was just like, okay, fine, I'll go to this one class. But for me, it was more like a, I, I, whatever I commit to, like I, I'm usually super committal unless like something happens to me, like I get like a really bad injury or something. But like, like it's like if I'm going to do jujitsu, I'm going to do jujitsu. I'm not going to just like try like I'm not going to try it. Like this is something that's on my mind. I want to do this. 
like I'm committing. Like, so I need to find the perfect timing, like in my life to be able to like commit to something like that, where like I like open up a schedule and stuff. And like, I, I wouldn't have been able to give it 100% unless I started on that time. So I do see now that I do see like kind of the flip side as well, because like, but then it's it's not like I, I I'm the type of person to like commit, you know? Yeah, and I get that, I get that. But then people will say that completely around the other way, and they're like, "But it's my dog's birthday in July 4th. Yeah, yeah. It's like the same thing. They're like, yeah. "By then, I'm not going to be a hundred percent committed." But don't let like perfect be the enemy of good enough. Mm-hmm. Like people think they have to have the perfect start to anything. But when is anything ever like optimally lined up? Like when do the stars ever like perfectly align for the perfect start? Mm-hmm. They'll never be the perfect start, but people always think that like January or September are these like magical start dates in which they need to like hop in then. So then they're just going to treat themselves like shit all the way up until that point. I'm going to play devil's advocate again because um, there I, I love like New Year's resolutions in September time for myself because it does like it is hard to stick to your program during holidays. summer and holidays. Like yeah. I, I'm not going to lie, like 100 percent it is to do, hard to do it. And uh, I I like using those months and seasons to kind of like be like, oh, this is my work season. This is my like fun season. This is my like, you know, like I, I enjoy doing those kind of things. So um, I yeah, agree, just but, to play devil's advocate. But at what point do you just be like, OK, screw it. These goals are so important to me that it doesn't matter what the start date is. I'm just going to start it and then I'm going to start it. Sure, I may stumble and fail during these X dates here. But then I'm going to learn from those failures. Yeah, yeah. Right? So then there's no, I wouldn't say excuse. There's going to be times like throughout the year that are going to be harder. It's like if you wait for the most optimal time, those optimal times may not arrive. But at least if you get started, that way you can, again, create strategies. You can create plans on order and how to get over those troubling times. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's another thing too. Like, just because I'm using the seasons to get a boost is not like I'm just giving up on my freaking goals during September or uh, during the summer yeah. and just waiting for September. Like, I'm just I'm still working. I'm enjoying the summer, still working, but I know that I like to have a hustle period. You know, right? There's an extra boost to... of morale during those seasons. Yeah, hundred percent. And uh, so, yeah, that's uh, that's the kind of way that I look at it. But yeah, people need to just be uh, ready more often because like the universe isn't just gonna be waiting for you no and then we go back to like waiting for the perfect start because you don't feel like you're adequate enough it's like by starting and doing those things you build the skills you build the confidence to carry out those skills so one of these nutrition programs that i've joined before um so what he said was like if you start right now where it's like hard to start like you're starting in december you know like there's so many holidays and stuff you will be able to every single other winter holiday is going to be so much easier than this one and you're because you're going to collect so many skills like so fast during those holidays so you can look at it in a way as like a little bit of a challenge like sure you might not be perfect but you're going to come out of it being like damn that was fucking awesome yeah and if you like started it when the hardest time everything seems easy yeah right totally. and then from then on smooth sailing um but again that's what learning is about so the next excuse that we get a lot is like, I don't like how healthy food tastes and I only want to eat my like insert culture food here food. And uh, yeah, this one's hilarious because it's like, it's like, yeah, fine. All right. You can just stay the whatever way you want. Like, why did you come here in the first place? Like, why are you if you're like not willing to make changes, then why are you like, why are you why did you even call us? 
yeah, they don't want to actually inspect themselves and be like, oh, the things that I've been doing and the things I've been eating cause me to be this way. Mm -hmm. But I want to change myself completely without changing too much. Mm -hmm. When you say it out loud like that and you tell them like that, they're they're, they're taken back by it. Mm -hmm. It's like uh, somebody coming up to you and being like, hey, I'm so tired. Like throughout the day, like I have to drink so many coffees. I'm like, you know, all these things, right? My sleep sucks. Hey, all you have to do is uh, 90 minutes before bed, cut off all electronics, put on some red light blocking, uh, blue light blocking glasses, and uh, just go into bed and read. I know, but like, I really just like watching like TV and winding down before I, I go to bed. Well, I mean, like, clearly that's not working for you. Do you want to like continue doing it this way? Or do you want to do it our way where we're going to fix your sleep and like, you're not going to be tired anymore? Like, ah, I don't know. Like, I just like need to like, I really need to wind down at the end of the day. All right. Yep. And then you use your most favorite objection. Oh, well, how's that working for you? <laughs> yeah. How's that working for you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, so that's like such a perfect example. It's like, yeah, like you're, you're, whatever you're trying to do, whatever you're trying to accomplish in life is going to require changes. And those changes are not going to feel good. Like you're in this like super comfort zone and with immediate gratification. And those, that immediate gratification like gave you the outcome of like what you're experiencing right now. Like either you're overweight, tired, lazy, um, like injured, whatever it is. And it's because like you like settled for immediate gratification and the things that aren't, uh, really that fun or whatever right now the things that are going to require work like for example going to bed earlier um suck <laughs> like they're not great like they're not fun but they're the things that's going to make you feel really good in the future and that's why we do them that's why we don't drink alcohol that's why we don't drink coffee because we don't need that uh, media gratification the people who can like extend their time horizons the longest and the people who can like forgo immediate gratification the longest are the ones that are going to be the most successful in life but why do you think that healthy foods always have this negative connotation like they're like not delicious or like something that you can't sustain? So that's the thing. Like I um, I really like it. So the people who we get the most um, saying like they want to stay with their culture's foods is like Indian people. But I would say Asian people too. Asian people too. Yeah. yeah. And then also like I of course, but it's just who that's the person who they get the most. And uh, like the other day. Like, I'm just saying, like, I think it was like maybe even yesterday, I was online and I was kind of just playing around my phone just to see, like, what kind of, uh, like, if you can make any kind of like low uh, fat curry sauces. Holy crap, there's tons of freaking, uh, freaking recipes online. Like, I can find like a hundred low fat curry recipes. Like, maybe they don't taste as great as the ones with like made with ghee and butter and stuff, but like, they're, it's still a really good substitute. So you can still eat your cultural foods without having to like completely let them go and like yeah sure you can have like some like higher fat biryani or whatever every once in a while but you don't have to yeah like the spices that they use like if you walk by like any indian restaurant it's not like you're smelling oh smell that butter and ghee it's yeah, like yeah. you're smelling the turmeric right you're smelling the curry powder you're yep. smelling all those spices that don't have calories or not the ones that are like going to add up to uh, you putting you over a calorie surplus at mm -hmm. the end of the day. Yeah. And yeah, we have uh, tons of uh, like uh, Indian clients. We have tons of Chinese clients, tons of European clients who are still eating their cultural foods and they're doing a great job. They just found lower fat options. That's it. Yeah. Like this is kind of fun for me thing to do is like take the dishes that my family used to do and then 
make it with something that's a healthy substitute, like making it with like chicken breast or uh, changing out some of the heavier oils in it. Mm. And I can literally replicate the same thing, but with like way better macros. Yeah, yeah. And that's the, that's the beauty of at, like tracking your macros and experimenting with that uh, because then you can find these recipes versus like if I were to just give my give our clients a meal plan, they'd be stuck with that meal plan, right? And then you're just going to be eating white food. <laughs> yeah. And then they're just like, I can't eat chicken, rice, and broccoli for that yeah, long. Yeah, or like an oatmeal. <laughs> yeah. But that's another thing too. Like you're also just going to have to just forego some of those foods and just say like, you know, this food, I'm just going to eat it on a once a month basis. <laughs> or like a once every two months or never like and that's okay you don't have to eat it all the time like you can have uh you like you're gonna have to eat healthier and that's that's totally fine but so now uh those are our top three that we kind of want to talk about that people don't often talk about now we're just going to kind of run through and then make it like little points on like the next like i think we have like eight here um one that we hear all the time is uh my genetics like my genetics like i'm uh i'm just built this way or like, like my family has always had this. Yeah, yeah. So I have this. Yeah, just my my uh, grandparents were overweight. My dad's overweight. So I have to be overweight. <laughs> Meanwhile, in like the 1930s, like no one was overweight. Right. <laughs> it's just part of tradition, you know, <laughs> yeah. to carry on the family name. Yeah, it's like a, it has very little to do with genetics. Yeah. I'm not going to deny like that genetics have a huge factor in the way that you look, obviously. But you can still look like the best out of your entire genetic line. Um, but if you put in just a little bit of work. Yeah, but people think that they're like, oh, my family's been overweight, so I'll never be Michael Jordan. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But why are you striving to be Michael Jordan? Yeah. Well, why yeah. don't you just be the best version of you? Uh, yeah, that's the thing. Like social media just like totally mess people up. Oh, terrible. <laughs> terrible. Yeah, because uh, the truth is like most people aren't going to look like the people on social media. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. And, but the thing is, you don't have to. Yeah, you don't. I don't know. Why is that like such an ideal thing? But you can go on social media and see the complete opposite too. You can see people who aren't genetically predisposed to be a certain way. Like you'll see really tall jack guys running ultra marathons, mm -hmm. right? Or like complete opposite way where you'll see like really skinny Asian woman lift clean and jerk 250 pounds above their head. Mm hmm mm hmm Right. There's you can go out there on the Internet and see people defying their genetics or defying what their predispositions are. So why can't you? Yeah. 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 Like you'll go you can go online and find people without like limbs that are still working out. Yeah. And then yeah. once you see that it can be done, why can't you do that? Mm hmm. hundred percent. So the next one is uh, that we hear all the time is I'm busy slash no time slash. Yeah, <laughs> I'm busy slash no time all the time. Yeah. Like, first of all, you're not that busy. You're really not that busy. You watch a lot of TV, most likely. And um, there's people out there that are way busier than you, like, and who have kids and have, like, like so many things going on in their lives, and they're still able to, like, still able to do it. Yeah, everyone has the same 24 hours in the day. Mm -hmm. What's the difference between you and Elon Musk? Yeah. Elon Musk is doing... Does he lift, I though? Know. I don't think he looks like no, he No, he does not lift. <laughs> he definitely doesn't look like he lifts. But the thing is, is he's building rocket ships. He's, like, building, like, flamethrowers, Teslas, whatever, in the same 24-hour time, right? Yeah. But if he prioritized working out like he, Jeff Bezos did, then he could be jacked. Yeah, okay, so that's actually a perfect example, because <laughs> that guy's jacked. He is jacked. Dude, He he's a specimen. Yes. He because he's tall and he's fucking yoked. Yeah. 
He's probably on steroids, but <laughs> yeah. But he still makes the time for it, and he runs the most expensive company in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so the next one is uh, I'm too tired. This one, oh my god, this one's a big one. I'm too tired. Yeah, uh, the reason why you're tired is likely that you don't you don't work out and you don't exercise and you get like fifteen hundred steps a day. That's probably why you're tired. Run yourself all the way to the end of the day. Don't do do a nighttime routine and sleep hardly anything. Yeah, you still even though you don't do anything, you still sleep for five hours per day. Um, you uh, hit snooze probably like four times, and then uh, you watch a uh, you lay around a lot. <laughs> I like Tanessa's advice on that. We're just like just try out for a week. Just try out for a week to see how you feel and if you like it, continue. And usually when you change those kind of habits and then you start to feel less tired and you start doing more things and you're on your way. The next one is um, not enough money, but then they spend money on stupid stuff. Yeah, we like this one's a big one. Yeah, like it's like they can't budget for the gym, but then it's like they go to like fancy restaurants and stuff all the time. Or they have stupid like crocodile shoes. <laughs> yeah. But they wear yeah. like once a month. Yeah, yeah. You know, just like off topic, but uh, fitness, people who don't work out but still wear fitness clothes. Like, oh my God. It's fashionable <laughs> now. Okay? Yeah, because it is. Uh, yeah, it's like everybody's wearing uh, like Lululemon tights and like you just look Lululemon like you... in general. Lululemon's a workout apparel company. <laughs> and like, yeah, people who don't work out are wearing uh, Lululemon. I think that's a Vancouver thing. Oh, it's definitely a Vancouver yeah, thing. Yeah, it's definitely a Vancouver yeah, thing. Yeah, you go to like other places, not everyone's wearing Lululemon. You don't think so? Oh, you know, they're wearing Lululemon, but not as much as they do here. Yeah, yeah. Here, everyone wants to look like they work out without working out as much as they can. Yeah. So the next one is uh, I'm not good at it slash uh, that they're scared to fail. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Resonated with this one for sure. I've I've used this excuse that I'm not good at it. But uh, that's why I, like for jujitsu, for example... You, I don't think I'm that good, but then uh, you throw yourself in competitions. Like you're like trying to chase that like feeling out of your head, and then you go sign up for a competition, and then yeah, you have either you prove the fact that you're not good, or yeah. Well, there's performance anxiety. Like everyone has the same feelings. Like the person who's successful and the person who's unsuccessful have the same feelings, but the successful person is able to deal with those feelings much more better than the person who doesn't yeah yeah right they're able to push that to the side and just be like you know what i'm just gonna put myself out there and try if i fail fail if i win i win it's awesome so the next one is uh a fear of judgment and i totally resonate with this one uh not doing things because i feel a fa uh imposter syndrome mm. yeah it's like you're starting to work out you don't look like you work out at all you're obviously not going to tell your friends that you work out just because you're worried about like what they're going to be thinking and you think that people are judging you all the time, a 100%, yeah. This one is hard to get around. Yeah. And I could see why. Yeah. But just like we were talking about before, if you take action over these things and you just keep doing them, that's when you gain the confidence and then you actually become the part that you're trying to be. Yeah, for sure. Um, the times where I felt this was obviously like uh, when you're starting something new. Um, and. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh it's definitely hard to like I think it's actually it's it's just a part of uh, human nature. Yeah, like you're going to start something, you're going to suck at it and like you're going to feel like everybody's judging you and stuff like that and yeah, like I think it's just part of it and the yeah, the people who do the best are the ones that just 
ignore it and just keep plowing through. I think those are all the excuses that we wrote down. Can you think of any other ones that we hear a lot? Yeah. <laughs> but I think we had, that was like, I think a 10 or so right there. And I'm just going to kind of run through them again. So we had, I keep falling off track. So what's the point? I'm not ready to start, You'll, which is like, you'll never be ready. So you might as well just start. I don't like healthy food slash uh, I don't like doing this like healthy habit that is going to require work. And so that therefore, that's why I don't want to start my genetics. I'm busy. I'm too tired. I'm too old. Oh, do we didn't talk about that? We didn't talk about ah, it was I'm too old. Yeah. So I'm too old. Yeah. We hear that a lot too. Um, sometimes a legitimate excuse, but it's more just like you're too, uh, uh, you, you didn't work out for so long that now that it like you're, you, you like, it's, it's really hard for you to get into it. But it's like the genetic thing where it's like, you can go on social media and you can see people who are your age or older doing crazier things mm -hmm. and starting from absolutely nothing. Do you know who like uh, the jujitsu grandma is? Yeah, yeah. You've seen her? Uh, oh, wait, sorry. No, I, when you said that, I like pictured a powerlifting grandma. I, oh, wait, I there's, like I'm it. sure there's a powerlifting grandma there is, too. Yeah. But there's a jujitsu grandma. She's like she? really famous. She's like well within her 70s. Damn. And she started jujitsu when she was late 60s, early what 70s. Belt? She's a blue belt now. Damn. But you'll go to tournaments, you'll go like worlds, and everyone's taking pictures with her. Because really? she just got in there and she just stuck with it. She's a living legend now. Wow. Yeah, so it is possible. And uh but the thing is like so you're you're too old and that you feel like you obviously like you're not in your twenties anymore, things are hurting and stuff like that. But these things are gonna make you feel better. So you like just might as well just do it. Yeah, this one gets paired up with, oh, just wait till you have kids. How's it been since you have kids? I feel completely fine. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I think like as soon as I hit 30, like I swear my joints have been hurting slightly more. I don't know why, but I swear I feel that a little bit more. Yeah. That was like me the next day. I think I was it was the next day. Yeah. 29 when I woke up 30, my elbow started hurting. <laughs> just how it is. But yeah, just ignore it and just keep plowing through it. And then uh, the other ones that we talked about was uh, not enough money. I'm not good at it yet slash scared to fail. And then also uh, fear of judgment. And we're just going to wrap it up with that. So, yeah, if you've uh, heard yourself say any of these excuses, know that they're complete bullshit. Uh, we've all used these excuses before. I've, I think I've pretty much used every single one on here before at, to, to some capacity. And uh, it's completely normal. You just got to chase it out. <laughs> just recognize what it is. Just a bunch of excuses. That's it. Just drive in there, do your best, and ignore what other people have to say. Fuck them. All right. That's pretty much it. We'll see you in the next one. See ya.